As you all know, on December 8, the Holy Father proclaimed the Jubilee Year of Mercy. And it was fitting that it was done on the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. And it will end on November 20th next year, which will be the solemnity of Christ the King. The proclamation boils down to this. The Pope wants us to know how much God loves us. And for us to see firsthand the reality and beauty of conversion to God's mercy. And there is a scriptural focus for the Jubilee year. And most people agree that this is found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, beginning from verse 36, where Jesus says, Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Mercy is love's response to suffering. So it is necessary to understand the nature of love in order to understand the nature of mercy. The Pope in the proclamation says that it's a journey that starts with a spiritual conversion. And mercy and jubilee are not really something new. The jubilee year has its roots in the monastic law of Israel when every 50th year it was declared a jubilee year for the Jewish people. What happened at that time? The jubilee year was a year of mercy. Debts were canceled. Slaves were freed. Indentured servants were released of whatever remained of their service. And lands that had been pledged for debts were restored to their original owners. But in our days, in our day, what, how is mercy concretely practiced? From the encyclical of St. Pope John Paul II, entitled Rich in Mercy. Divis in Misericordia. It is said that mercy is God's second name. It is also said in that encyclical that God is more interested in our future than in our past. Of course, God takes past sins seriously, but never as the last word because he wants each one of us to become the best version of ourselves that he wills for each one of us in his divine and eternal mind. But to take advantage of it requires conversion. And this is exactly what Pope Francis has in mind in announcing the year of mercy. In our busy hustle and bustle of life, 
we often don't find the time for the silence of examination of conscience. Pope Francis is urging us to see just how much God loves us and orient our hearts to His. In making this proclamation, Pope Francis is continuing the devotion started by his predecessors, St. John Paul II and Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. Pope John Paul II loved divine mercy. And in fact, his successor, Benedict, called him the Apostle of Mercy. In the encyclical that I just referred to, Pope John Paul wrote, the church professing mercy and remaining always faithful to it has the right and the duty to call upon the mercy of God. The church has that right. And for us, the faithful, we are challenged to practice mercy through concrete acts of charity. And as every good Catholic knows, we have two sets of works of mercy, one corporal and the other one spiritual. The corporal works enjoins us to feed the hungry, to give drink to the thirsty, to clothe the naked, to give shelter to those who are homeless, visit the sick, and the prisoners, and to bury the dead. Well, generally, uh, the Catholic Church does work of education, hospice care, caring for the sick, feeding the hungry, visiting the prisoners, and looking after the lonely. And this is actually the encounter that Pope Francis is talking about. Of course, there is a spiritual aspect to it that it to instruct the ignorant and to counsel the doubtful, to admonish sinners, to bear wrongs patiently, to forgive those who have offended us, to comfort the afflicted, and to pray for the living and the dead. Now we know we do the first set, the corporal works of mercy, we do that how much we do the second is subject to question and is something that every one of us will have to resolve in our minds. The spiritual works of mercy are just as important as the corporal works. And when we do that, we should not forget the souls in purgatory. Mercy is not a new concept. It's been there for thousands of years. And the Bible, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, is replete with lessons of mercy. Now, just to give a few. In the Old Testament, in Exodus, we read, we read about Egyptian midwives who were instructed by Pharaoh to kill any baby boy born of 
the Israelites. But what did they do? They disobeyed. The midwives feared God. They did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them. But they let the boys, the, the baby boys, they let them leave. The second incident will follow very closely to this because it was in this period of time that Moses was born. And we all know the story of Moses. He was born, the, the mother hid him for three months and when she could hide him no more, she put him in a basket and let him float in, among the, the reeds in the river. The daughter of Pharaoh came to take a bath and found the basket, asked one of her maids to retrieve it. She did. She realized it was one of the Israelites' babies and so arranged for Moses to be cared for. And it happens that it was so arranged that the mother was nearby and she was called to rear Moses. And we know what the rest of the story is. There was another incident this time in the New Testament where Jesus was going through a town by the name of Nain. Not Main, Nain, in A-I-N. And a large crowd was following him. As they entered the gate, they found also another large crowd carrying a coffin of a boy who had just died. And the young boy was the mother's only son. And the mother was crying and weeping. Jesus took pity, had mercy, touched the coffin, and told the young man to rise up. The dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. And we also all know the parable of the Good Samaritan, which is a very big lesson on mercy. The message of mercy brings us to the door to freely encounter the heart of Christ in the sacramental life of the church. Now you have ordinary jubilees, you also have extraordinary jubilees. As I said earlier, ordinary jubilees occur every 50 years in ancient Israel. But extraordinary jubilees were called for some momentous occasion. And in the 20th century, two such occasions um, occurred where an extraordinary jubilee was called. In 1933, to mark, to mark the 1900th anniversary of Christ's redemptive death, an extraordinary jubilee was called. And again, in 1983, to mark its 1950th anniversary of Jesus' death in 3380. The jubilee is a holy year marked by acts of faith, charity, and brotherly communion. The Pope said this when he was making the declaration. I am convinced that the whole church will find in this jubilee the joy needed to rediscover and make fruitful the mercy of God 
with which all of us are called to give consolation to every man and woman of our time. From this moment, we entrust the Holy Year to the Mother of Mercy. And probably that's why he began this on the Immaculate Conception that she might turn her gaze upon us and watch over our journey. It is fitting that this Jubilee year began on Marian feast day of the Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. So I ask all of you as you meditate in silence, being companion to our Lord Jesus, to remember the year of mercy the two things about the year of mercy is how God shows mercy to us, and secondly, how we are challenged to show mercy to one another. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, help us to be renewed by your mercy. Let us be loved by Jesus. Let us enable the power of his love to transform our lives too. And let us become agents of this mercy, channels through which God can water the earth, protect all creation, and make justice and peace flourish. We ask this in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen.